Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got back here. We got John Mountain Man Stokes with us up in the mountains. What's up? And Chris is AWOL. He might randomly show up like a WWE wrestler. Oh. Man. Man, that's oh, the way of shit. doing it. We should all be quiet now for a bit of wrestling audio. Let's go. Intro music. There you go. Job done. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so you're recording this from your phone? See, see, until you said that it was seamless, right? We could have carried on going. We could have. Shut up. You were making love. Wait, so you're on Google Hangouts on your phone? <laughs> How are you going to record the audio? <laughs> We were, but then it wouldn't connect to Sherwin and us, so we're just like, oh, we're gonna have to do this old school Audacity style. Yeah, apparently, like the uh, the Zen doesn't work in the UK. Uh, we've Brexited right. away from it, so it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we just stop this and start over? Or? <laughs> I okay, we'll see see if that works. I guess. Good luck. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna keep going, and then if Chris randomly shows up again, we'll we'll add him to to the episode. So but, anyway, hey, hey everybody listening, I'm Sherwin. I'm here too. Yeah, in case you didn't know, because we didn't get to it yet, we got Sherwin on with us again. So that's always awesome to have on the podcast. I'm sorry, but if if Sherwin wants Upgrade to be a part of this podcast, somebody's gonna go. So, anyways, yeah, we're we're gonna talk today with Sherwin. We're gonna talk about some new and exciting cards that we have from. The Free City Draft, which is appropriate because sitting next to me, I have my Free Cities Drought. So, yeah, we got a bunch of new cards from the Free Cities Draft that we're going to talk about. And they're all really interesting and do some different things that either we haven't seen or they just do them super well. So we're going to go through that. But before we get into it, hopefully everybody's happy that we're talking about Guild Ball again. The last couple episodes, we've been doing a lot of... Uh, Middle Earth and Game of Thrones. Bullshit. That's what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just talking. So, anyways, we'll just go ahead and get straight into it. And we got a lot of exciting new players for these teams. And sure, when just kind of looking at these new players, how do you think a lot of them are getting along on their new teams? Do you know, it's interesting because uh, you guys are asking me fluff stuff now, which is cool. I mean, I'm I'm 100 happy to go with that. It's difficult to just kind of rip it out from uh, from looking at rules on cards, though. Yeah. But I think we can sort of see that these players are getting on. I mean, you've kind of got the... This is the bracket of players, I think, who are super happy with their draft results. So, you know, maybe maybe not Gaffer. Uh, so, but yeah. We're... Well, let me ask you this, Sherwin. So we're looking at some of these rules on the cards, and we'll go through them here in a minute. But there's, like, abilities that they have on the cards. Do you see that as something they... They brought with them onto the team, or is that something maybe they learned from being on the team, just fluff wise? Yeah, that's cool. I think um, I think much like the design process, it's actually a bit fifty-fifty. I mean, if we look at someone like uh, let's look at Edge for example, if we look at close control, that's clearly an ability that Edge had uh, in the actual story and in the original scouting report. Yeah, you know, the scout talks a lot about kind of how 
you know, she, she, you know, she always kept the ball closed. She wouldn't let any other players take it away very easily. That sort of stuff. Yeah, it talks about how fast she was. So obviously, you know, we can look at her move stat and kind of go from there. Um, so that sort of stuff is again that that's definitely core sort of character building stuff we had. But then when you get to kind of abilities like Mirage or Unorthodox, and I'm not going to give up too much because I know you guys want to sort of see uh, lead into this, but um, those things are definitely stuff we've picked up and put more of a hunter spin on them, if that makes sense. So I think it's it depends on which which rookie you're looking at. There's always a sliding scale, but pretty much all of them, I think, are, you know, some of column A, some of column B. Well, cool. Let's go ahead and start with Edge to kind of uh, get going with these rookies. So she's definitely a very interesting character. She's fast. She's a 7-9 movement. Has a pretty decent kick. That's a 3-6. Definitely a striker. Mm-hmm. And decent defense. She's a 4-0, so maybe a little more squishy than, than other um other people that you're going to see on the hunters but only tack four which i thought that was interesting because tack four is just we'll see how easy it is to get to some of these results basically means that she's going to want to be charging whenever she's going for the ball we have entangle which is a character play that she has to six inch basically snare condition and we're going to see why on the back that's definitely something that she likes because like you were talking about sherwin with unorthodox if she goes into something that has snared on it, she gets a free double dodge added on to whatever playbook result that she chooses. So definitely a cool card. Mirage is cool as well. Uh, if she starts, is it at the start of her activation? No, it just says during the activation, right? It, it, mm, just once per turn. Yeah. yeah, so you could even dodge into terrain maybe by buying an attack and then teleport on the other side of a piece of terrain with unorthodox and then go about your business with whatever else you were trying to do. Yeah, Edge definitely seems very, very interesting and definitely want to want to be doing striking. So, John, looking at the captains, I mean, which captains do you see her going really well with? I think best steel job, but any of them, because all your captains can get put out the snared condition, and she needs the snare condition. She likes the terrain that Theron and Scotha put out. I don't know, I, I kind of like her with all of them, just kind of depending on... I think she, she'll be a matchup piece. Well, yeah, because if you if there's a model that has, like, if you see that they have brisket holding the ball for butchers, I don't know if you can bring her into that just because of the unpredictable movement. Right. And she only has a one-inch reach, so definitely, definitely, like I said, I, I can see her in any of the captains, but I definitely think there's some matchups where it's just like, yeah... I can't really bring her, especially if they're receiving. Yeah, I kind of like her into any of those matchups where you're like, oh, well, I can't fight with these guys, so we got to have to score a goal or two. And sure, when you were telling us something pretty interesting about her going with Steeljaw before we started recording. Yeah, it's um, so Edge Edge is the uh, the only one of the uh, Free City Strauss models which I actually got to design. Um, most of the rest of them were handed by Bryce and Jamie, but I think they were kind of a bit gassed out by the time they got to Edge. Um, I know she was giving Bryce a bit of a headache in terms of how he wanted her to look, and uh, so I sort of offered her to help out a bit. And yeah, I, I kind of when I was designing her, I literally just come off the back of making Steel Drawer as well, and had this idea in my head that I really wanted the two to sort of synergize quite nicely together. And obviously, there's always going to be a degree exactly like you've already identified that any hunter player, you know, really should be riffing off of snared whatever they are. And obviously, all of the captains can put that out. In fact, most of the squaddies as well. But I really wanted Edge to kind of definitely sort of play around with the snared condition in new sort of in different ways to how the rest of the team worked. Purely because we did have this character who is a hunter but isn't, you know, obviously that's a family past, but at the same time, has kind of rejected a lot of that kind of. Uh, the traditional kind of hunter sort of mentality and the traditional hunter makeup. So I didn't necessarily want Edge to be a kind of another fighter or another brawler, someone who's doing extra damage if someone's snared. We really need to be something where she would use it in a different way. And I think that's where unorthodox, yeah, and that sort of idea sort of came into it. I really like her just because I could see putting her with Scatha and just like mm. having her Scatha and then even another stronger striker, like even if you want to throw Ulfer in there or maybe Vet Hearn. And just really attack the ball and get just ridiculous with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of think about the card. It would not a if there's teams that have problems with close control, it's because it's the only close control on the team now. I believe is you know kind of make an edge a ball holder because she can run away from people because she's fast. Yep. Close controls. I mean, everybody has a problem with close control usually, except for like fish. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that dreaded guild here in a little bit. But yeah, I could definitely see like 
almost like the way you like to play with hunters, John, where it's like, I'm going to kill everything and keep the ball back. And I mean, you could do that with edge. You could make it where it's hard to get the ball off her. Right. I mean, with the right terrain, you can, you know, sit her in a corner and then they start getting close, run all the way to the other corner. Cause she's that nine inch move and possibly a teleport with the, with terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you teleport her, then run nine inches and, uh, the only thing I noticed, though, she's not light-footed, so that's kind of... Yes, she is. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's at the bottom of the card. <laughs> it's at the bottom. Always read the full card, right, John? <laughs> right. <laughs> but then, oh, by the uh, same token, just talking about her mobility, it's kind of crazy, right? Because you could yeah, you could teleport through a piece of terrain, which is you know X amount of inches. You could sprint or charge nine. You potentially, if you've got Blessing of the Winter God... Uh, Blessing of the Winter Goddess on you, you could literally go... Uh, the Moon Goddess, sorry. You could do a tackle quadruple... Uh, sorry... Yeah, tackle quadruple dodge on one. Yeah. For a nice four-inch dodge at the end of that. That's probably going to cover most of the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah she yeah. she knows how to scoot around the pitch for sure. That's. I mean, I, I'm looking at this from a sense of pure striking threat um, in in my turn of in terms of how I would like to play my hunters. Um, so I could definitely see her on that side. Yeah, I, I think she does that. My biggest downfall is seems like one of the squishiest strikers in the game. Right, but I guess to a certain extent she has to have something bad. Having just talked about that crazy mobility and a whole bunch of really yeah. cool cards, cool stuff on the back of her card, she probably has to have something bad about her, right? Although I don't disagree. <laughs> it's like she's going to get that goal. <laughs> she's just going to die. <laughs> yeah. Right, but, but I mean, one-inch melee can't defend herself from two-inch models at all. Thirteen boxes with four-o. Yeah, I mean, that that is that is the downfall. Yeah, that's yeah, some victim sure. stats right there. <laughs> Yeah. navigator <laughs> except for she doesn't get re-rolls alright so let's kind of go then to so Edge is definitely cool I can definitely see putting her in with like I said any of the captains but I'm I'm really excited to try her out with Scotha and mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of go with that balls to the wall scoring kind of mentality we'll go ahead and go into one that I know Chris is going to be a little sad that he's not here to talk about we could leave until the end and see if he actually manages to turn up you know we could okay, we, we'll we could see. not be mean we could but we do like pissing him off <laughs> I mean, it's it's your it's your podcast, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll talk about whichever one of these players. Let's leave that one to the end. I I know what I'm actually kind of interested in is uh, I'm kind of interested in Gaffer. All right. Well, what's up with Gaffer? No, Gaffer's good or not. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the so best sort? Of, isn't that the best sort of mortician player? I guess so. It, uh, and, and it's coach. I like the coach thing. You know, I, I coach football, and and uh, so I always kind of turn to the coaches. But what does Gaffer? Gaffer doesn't really do anything himself. He's a big setup piece with the Red Fury mm. and the Careless Whisper where he placed the Careless Whisper token. And the Careless Whisper token says it's only removed when the target's model suffers the taken out condition. Does that mean it stays like every turn? Yep. That seems good. Huh. Well, there, there you go. That's that's immediately made, fixed him for you, right? Right. I mean, yeah, Scalpel's going to like that, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, in. that's definitely interesting. And... I also thought that it was unique to put Red Fury in Morticians because I could just envision where you see somebody like Gast, you know, just just murdering like a whole team just through his AOE damage by buying Red Fury through, you know, Gaffer. So there are a lot of really cool, strong combinations you can do with Gaffer just from those two abilities alone. Gas? What the hell with Gas? It's Casket. (laughs) Oh damn! Casket couldn't quite get the take on the legendary play. Oh well, Gaffer hasn't went yet. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. There has been a couple of times where people have missed out on that legendary, right? Like, oh, okay. Well, Gaffer's got to go steal, so three more attacks for Casket. <laughs> uh, let's see here. And then on the back, With the plus two tag on the back of his card's pretty interesting too, because he has the knowledge, which is once per turn during this model's activation, choose a friendly model within six. The chosen friendly model gains a plus uh, zero plus two to its kick for the remainder of the turn. And then he also has a legendary play where it's called Handy Listener, such as you are. Remove any number of whisper <laughs> tokens from the enemy models on the pitch. And for each whisper token removed, place a whisper token on an enemy model on the pitch. So he's just, I guess it's like, hey, we're deciding to kill this model now. Let's get plus two tack on that model. I mean, he's just seems like he's just very flexible i guess is the best way to put gaffer just you got to have a direction you want to go because gaffer is not giving you a specific direction (laughs) i feel like that's kind of that's a really good description of any mortician team though right yeah i feel like you're right 
Um, I, well, it's your description. Um, I, I quite like it. It's, I think the biggest mistake you see with sort of rookie mortician players is they kind of splash down on the pitch and go, right, man, I'm going to do this thing. And it's like, okay, how are you going to achieve that? I'm not sure. None of my players seem to be very good at doing that thing. You have to really <laughs> look at them all as a whole and work out what pieces you need to achieve that goal, you know, just in list construction levels. And I think Gaffer gives you a whole bunch of tools to do lots of different things. Um, if you want to be a football team, obviously the knowledge is going to help you immeasurably. And Careless Whisper can even do the same thing. You can drop mm-hmm. tokens on players so they can immediately like kind of, you know, find it much easier to get that tackle result or whatever else you're looking for. Yeah. Dodge away, score goals and stuff. Yeah, and I really, I really like the legendary play where okay, you put a, you get a you get a whisper token here, and you get a you know you kind of hold that model hostage and you use the legendary and put the whisper token on your next target. So that, you know you start a turn taking out the one you got hostage, and then going into a next turn, kind of setting them up. Yeah, and moving it on to the next opponent that way. I think that's probably the best way to do it, John, because that way you don't have to spend the influence to put it out again. You're just recycling the one that you killed off the model. Right, right. Because you're not you're not going to get a bunch out. I mean, it's not like you're going to have the whole team with whisper tokens because it's on four on the playbook and costs two influence, and the team doesn't have a whole lot of influence to spare. I don't think. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact that it's once per turn as well. I mean, you're going to have to have yeah. a game go a whole bunch of turns to be able to do that. Yeah. But if you can hold back on it, it's almost there's a degree of. Um, I see it quite an interesting late game. If you find yourselves in that one of those sort of stalemate situations where. The ball was kind of perhaps loose, and you know both teams are kind of struggling, looking to get results. That sort of stuff, you know, trying to get back control of the game or whatever. This legendary could be something where you simply—I mean, there's no range on it. You could simply just kind of uh, use that to change the game state quite a lot for a mortician player, and you kind of almost hold it back as a clenched, as a mailed fist, waiting for them to kind of commit a model. Uh, you know, because they could sit their players who've got whisper tokens at the back, thinking, "All right, no, no more tack bus for you." At that point, Gaffer can then just switch everything over again. Yeah, just a really interesting model and. He definitely, he definitely fits the mortician's fit because, like I said, it's like, okay, we get to do all this cool stuff, but how are we going to win with it? And that's that's the boon of being a mortician's player, I feel like. <laughs> so which captain are you playing Gaffer with? I mean, Scalpel, question mark? <laughs> well, I mean, I think Scalpel's the obvious one, yeah, because it makes Scalpel pretty much attack nine and get somebody if she wants to be. I mean, and you can get three extra attacks... Right, because you could Red Fury yeah. to to uh, scalp. Yeah. What about Morn? Does it make Morn a little more playable? I have, honestly, I I struggle to see Morn being played at all. Like, if you go on Long Chains and look up Morn, there's just not a lot of love for the little girl. So I don't know, Sherwin. Do you do you think that Gaffer helps out Morn at all? I think you've potentially got an insane uh, attack buff if you combine Malice with Careless Whisper. Um, yeah. And I think you could happily have a ghast and casket uh, unit marching down the pitch with relative impunity who could just do monstrous amounts of uh, damage to somebody, throw them in the casket, then move on to their next target. Um, I think you just have to be careful that you've got enough ways to stop the opposition from scoring to disrupt that that, uh, that chain, basically. Yeah, because um, I, th- I think if you do, like, if you have Morn's ability and then you have Careless Whisper on a model... And all of a sudden, Gast has a very real possibility of just hitting that unmasking every single time, and that can just well, be you can throw singled out in there as well. It's yeah. even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and Pelage. If you got a team full of males, or yeah, Tech Nine Pelage. I love yeah. I love Pelage, man. I, I last tournament we played in, John, I was playing against the Soltitians, and I took Pelage into. Um, into Fangtooth, and I already popped his resilience, so that didn't matter. But Pelage just went in and just destroyed him in one activation. And he's like, "People usually just ignore Fangtooth." I'm like, "Well, Pelage likes men. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> even I mean, even ugly masked men. Maybe makes one of my favorite models, Brain Pen and Memory, a little more playable. Um, hmm. I mean, I like Brain Pen and Memory. I just think they seem fun." And they they have the same problem though because you could use brain pan and memory to do damage, but you could also use them for that janky scoring. So, like we said, you just got to get reps in and figure out how you like to use the morticians and what they're going to do. Well, worn with memory, memory doesn't die; it just stays there, taking a beating over and over again. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next one, and this is the one that I definitely feel like is probably the strongest out of all the uh, all the people, and that's Knuckles. So Knuckles is the Free City Draft pick for the Fisherman's Guild, 
And of course, since he's in the Fisherman's Guild, he has to have two inch reach. <laughs> he's a five seven movement. He's got a three six kick for whatever that's worth. Uh, he's tax six, which is really good. And basically, he's just a pushing machine. He has a knockdown on four. Uh, he has a guild ball result on three, which is heavy tackle. And if he targets an enemy model, the target enemy model loses possession of the ball. And it loses it to that model. Plus, they suffer the knockdown. So basically, Knuckles goes in, steals the ball, tackles you down, and you're on the ground, and he has the ball. He has 19 boxes, so he's a beefcake. Uh, he's on a 40 millimeter base, so I mean, that makes sense. And hey, by the way, if you have possession of the ball, he gets plus two tack for backfield presence. He has close ranks, yep. so, so you get an additional minus one dice pool if you're not attacking him, and he's engaging you. He has lightning reflexes, so he got Skulk's cool ability, where if you dodge within six inches of him, he can make a jog directly towards you. And then finally, why not? He has resilience. So, John, what team, what captain is he being played with? The, the question is, who at Steamforge really, really loves Corsair? Or who <laughs> really loves Frank Comitis? This is like his love child, isn't it? I mean, this is like everything Frank wants in a fisherman character. I mean, yeah. I don't know, Sherwin. Who really loves fish over there where they gave them this awesome model? I mean, you t- honestly, you've got the wrong guy on the podcast for that one. Uh, you probably <laughs> need to chat to Jamie and Bryce about that. I mean, I look at Knuckles. I think Knuckles looks pretty cool. He looks like he's going to do most of the stuff that Corsair obviously wants in a team. Although, to be fair, I think I think Knuckles could fit happily into any fish side. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he kind of just basically amplifies a lot of what fish already do, just in a slightly more unique way uh, in terms of the actual... Um, in terms of his sort of lightning reflexes and moving away, moves around and stuff, resilience is an interesting one for fish to get. Yeah, great, great ball holder, great beater, great. No, no momentous goal. damage though. That will probably upset well, some people, right? Yeah, I didn't. When I got my ass beat by Frank Comitus in his Corsair, he didn't seem to care. He still had plenty of momentum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anybody that likes I mean, that, he's a great, he can almost like a goal. Yeah, I was gonna say anybody that likes that style of Corsair play, this just fits right in. But like you said, Jerwin, he actually fits really well into the fisherman just team because he can go knock the ball loose for you i mean he gets around a lot of those close control models a lot of those kill the ball kind of teams he just goes in and he kind of breaks up you know the stalemate a little bit and he's tough so it it's not like he's going to go in and then die He, he has a pretty good chance of defending himself from other attackers right i mean he seems a um i mean obviously it's fairly good if you've got someone who's got um uh, unpredictable movement say for example you've kind of got brisket you know he's, he's great at hunting down that kind of player yeah um no that shouldn't ever be an issue for knuckles i don't think um in terms of it's interesting that his tackles for example aren't momentous but then the flip side is obviously he has heavy tackles so yeah it's kind of both you kind of get that out of it in any way i guess but yeah, I, I think Knuckles is a super interesting character uh, that they've kind of come up with for the fish team. Uh, I'm not sure it's the way I play my fish, but purely in the basis that I like to be much more aggressive, much more goal-oriented. Goal um, but I guess Knuckles certainly fits exactly as you've said, hunting down a ball carrier if that is something you need. So Yeah, I, th- I, think, it's, I think he's a good tool for those cases where it's like, okay, they killed the ball like super hard. Which one of my guys do I send in there? Girls do I send in there too? you know pry that ball loose he's going to be one of the ones where it's like okay i'm i'm hunting the ball down i'm going to go get it for for the team i just see him sitting in a little scrum like by himself with the whole team within three inches of each other is just being a dick well that's because you have ptsd from playing frank (laughs) i don't know what to tell you well i mean that's kind of how i see corsair's players being really great is they scrum up and they make you come to them and and you just then they just outbeat you well i think from what i'm hearing from you sure when you seem like more of a shark player then yeah, I, it's fairly safe to say. I generally score. Yeah, I, whenever I play Gilbo, I just go out all out goal offensive. Let's go, uh, so let's go get some goals. That is pretty fun. much it. Yeah, goals are fun. That's what I'm saying. If you just want to have like a like a fun game, just go on some of these just ridiculous goal runs, and and that's why I like playing Scotha because it's just like you can just pull off the most ridiculous goal runs, and those are the things that I think really make the game fun. Right. Yeah, that's why. That's why I played Engineers last tournament. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree there. Um, I I think I, I've always enjoyed engineers for that exact oh, reason. Uh, same with Skaether again, and um, also Yukai. So, yeah, I want to see I want to see some good Yukai playing. I haven't I haven't seen Yukai on the table yet. So let's go ahead and move on to Amber while we're maybe waiting on the ghost of Chris to show up. 
but <laughs> right, Pete, we were talking about the Amber, and you said you really like her. I, I want to know what you think is good about Amber. So I like Amber a lot, actually, just because. I think farmers a lot of times get stuck into the takeout game and kind of just grinding out takeouts and getting a goal. And you can get two goals, but usually they try to go for like a 4-1 game. And I think Amber opens this up to a more realistic like 2-2 game just because you can have her and Bushel on the same team just kind of hunting down the ball while, you know, Thresher, Windle, and Plowman just beat the crap out of the rest of the team. Well, you also have Thresher, your best goal scorer. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's also another goal that you could get there. And it's just, it's really interesting because she still puts out a lot of damage. She's actually a Reaper, so she's she's going to be using the harvest markers and everything else to do something. She's not going to plant. So, she still has decent damage, though. She has momentous damage, which is huge. She has a 2-inch reach, which is also really good. Uh, she's tack 5. She has only a 2-6 kick, but you're going to see that gets modified here in a little bit. She's a 5-8. And what she does really that's interesting is she has Swerve Shot. So that's a character play where she can basically ignore intervening models when she kicks the ball. So she's not going to lose dice. She's always going to have two as well as long as that's up. And then once per turn during her activation, it may choose a friendly harvest marker within two inches and remove it. And when she does, she gets plus one, plus two kick. So she's actually a three, eight kick instead of a two, six when you have that ability up and running. And then finally, she has an aura, one of our own. The first time each turn, a friendly non-mascot model suffers a taken out condition within that aura. This model gains plus two tack for the remainder of the turn. So she goes up to being tack seven if something dies. And she's actually a pretty hardy model. She's a striker that has 18 boxes and she's a 4-0. I mean, that's pretty decent for a striker. So I like her because she can kill stuff so she can help do your traditional farmer kill everything or you can be like hey i'm gonna go get a goal with her so i think that since she's flexible and she still helps out the current game plan of farmers but then also adds a little bit i think makes her really interesting in the farmer lineup question is sherwin did you guys let bryce design this <laughs> it's gonna be one of bryce's i mean that bryce's obviously uh takes i think had most of our designs for our players yeah i mean yeah and she's she's just good I, I like her like i said she she does what you want her to do but then she also does what the team is going to be doing so she can go get you a goal or she can help thresh her kill stuff i mean a striker with momentous two on one is it's pretty good well i mean part, part of that is the farmer design right there's no one right. across yeah. the entire team so well and that's what i'm saying her damage output is a little better than bushels right because bushel doesn't have the two bushels damage momentous two is on two yeah and Jack Straws, Jack Straws is non-momentous two on one. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where I think it depends on what you want to use her for. But I like her because I think we all know that throughout a game of Guild Ball, the game kind of flows one way or the other. And there's just sometimes where it's like I can't score a goal right now because if I do, they're just going to snap it back and win. Well, she can help you get the kills to make you even, so then you can go score. So. I really like her on this team a lot. So the question I think that we wanted to see what you thought of Sherwin was, does she make Grange more playable? <laughs> I quite like Grange anyway. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that whatsoever, purely basis that I would take Grange in a farmer's team in a second anyhow. But um, I think she, I think Amber is exactly what you've just said. She's very, very, very flexible player. And she feels a lot, to my mind, uh, kind of like a brewer. Um, kind of like a weird mix between kind of a brewer brawler and then a brewer striker, kind of like someone like Spigot. Um, she's got kind of that similar sort of vibe going on. Okay. And I think, especially if you look at left boot, for example, the little bit at the bottom where she can make a kick during her activation without spinning influence, that's very Spigot. Um, so I think for my mind, it's more of a... I, I look at this player perhaps just slightly differently to you guys. I'm I'm very much looking at her from a perspective of, yeah, did we achieve what we wanted to have this player have more of a brewer kind of feel to her as well? which I think we did, but it's more so much... Um, I quite like her for exactly the reason you've said. I think she really does switch on a, a farmer kind of goal-scoring team. I mean, obviously you can have her on one wing, push her on the other, kind of riff off that way and kind of, you know, create your sort of uh, your triangle if you want to do it that way uh, with your strikers either side. But you're right, she can flex back into sort of, you know, fighting if you need it, which is super useful, so... 
Yeah, that reminds me. I know I have a poor memory and I don't read much fluff, but there was a thing about she was with the brewers or something and and she got stolen by the farmers in the draft, didn't she? Yes, exactly. She's uh, she's a brewer who gets kicked out through some of the uh, political maneuvering of Esther's right at the start of the season four stuff. And uh, yeah, she kind of eventually finds a home in the in the farmers. Uh, but she's the number one pick, right? She's got to be a good player. She was the number one pick in the Free Cities draft. So, Not always. I remember Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Yikes. Remember Jamarcus Russell? He was the number one pick. He was terrible. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, talking American football. All no, no, British we can go with that. Like... I mean, I'm, I'm follow the Browns, so I'm used to number one draft picks and just those guys not achieving their potential on the basis of being in the Browns. But that's not the end of that. Oh, man, <laughs> you might finally have something to cheer about. I, this is going to be a horrific season for me because I only like them because they're underdogs. They can't do well. Uh, time to get off the wagon. <laughs> right, time to switch to somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah, and I actually do like... I kind of like her with Grange, too, just because Grange can give her, what, like a, like a 4-10 kick? Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. you're, you're hitting that from downtown, right? You can kick it through, like, five models and it doesn't matter. Right, and we talked about kind of... how I don't know if it would be competitive really but kind of making a Grange all out scoring team with Amber and Bushel and Jack Straw and I said honor but you know somebody else kind of just just for fun yeah and I, I think it could do well the the problem is it's just that those farmer stats are definitely abusable so you just got to be careful like when you're choosing to take those goals it's tough I, I said for fun I actually want Grange to be better because I I liked Grange when the farmers first came out more than Thresher so um yeah, anything that makes Grange more playable, I'm definitely on board with. Boom, I'm back. Are we ac- are we actually <laughs> back this time? Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Oh, man. So this, this is, is so well-timed. This like is, a mushroom that, that growing was. out of a pile of shit. <laughs> you gonna have that glass break? <laughs> <laughs> a little stone cold. <laughs> so, Chris, right on cue, the non-tech Asian having tech issues back in the ring. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, well, thank you for having me back. <laughs> are you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. are you actually recording? That's the question. Yes. Yeah, I got Audacity running and everything. Sweet. On your computer or on your phone? <laughs> on my computer. All right. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Right. Figured out some things. Actually, I think I just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that works in the computer world, but whatever. It's great to have you. <laughs> I just click buttons until it starts working. Wow, so Chris, you are a special soul. You, you showed up right on time because... We've already actually talked about four of the Free Cities draft models that are coming out. Okay. And we saved your boy for you. We saved Lane. All right. Man, <laughs> I want to run every show like this so I can skip through the boring shit. <laughs> That's you talking, so there won't be a show. No, wow. no, no. That, I, I'm the flavor. You're definitely flavor flavor. Okay, go ahead. What are we talking about? You're going to tell well, us why tell Lane us is good, Lane. and we're going to disagree. Oh, I'm going to tell you about Lane? Okay, sure. so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I might need you guys to get me started, because what I don't have pulled up is the cards. <laughs> I had to get my computer working. So, oh you know, God. one thing at a time. So, anyways, <laughs> looking, looking at Lane, definitely, we can just, before we, well, because we're going to have you talk about the card, Chris. But you were arguing with John and I because we actually were looking at Lane and we're like, you know, we still like, you know, brisket a little better than Lane just because it looks like Lane has some issues. So, Chris, why don't you just speak while you're getting your card up here? Why do you like Lane a little bit more? So what were some things you were like? Yeah, yeah, so there were a couple things. Okay, so now I got my card. I like, what do I like about Lane? I like that he has that magic touch that he can just like take an extra tackle result. And it's like an additional tackle result. So, like, you could get three successes and just tackle, tackle, and overcome somebody else's close control. So, I think that's a creative way to break close control, which the Butchers didn't otherwise have. And um, he... I, I do agree with John that the fact that he's defense four and no armor is really, really weak. 
like you'll get blown up very very easily and that's shitty but uh <laughs> we'll have to live with that and i kind of wish that the bleed the cleats kind of worked a little bit differently to where it was you could choose plus one plus zero kick or plus zero plus one kick because I would almost rather have the range extension than more die, right? Because by the time you're rolling like four die, which was would just be his inherent kick plus a bonus time, you're probably going to hit it no matter what. So I don't know that getting the plus one die is always as beneficial as getting some extended range for a team that doesn't typically have a lot of range. And I do like that he is a nice little bonus with Ox, um, which I'm guessing Sherwin will tell us a little bit more about the fluff with that. Uh, that I like the thematic element of that being the case. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely find him useful. I think that he's a nice scoring option for a team that needs scoring options. I don't think that he's by any means like an auto-include. But I like him more than a lot of other pieces that we've been we've been using so yeah i do like get on with it boy because if you are playing ox i do like the fact that lane gets that two inch acrobatics dodge and then you can go charge into somebody and you know double tackle the ball or whatever you want to do with it and it's just he does some really cool and unique things but like john and i were saying it's like the 4-0 and then only having 13 boxes and he only has one inch reach definitely Kind of like what Sherwin was saying earlier, kind of, you know, some victim stats where it's like, if you misplay with him, he will just get blown up for sure. Well, he, no, I, I think that he will absolutely just get blown up. It's just a matter of do you get a goal with him before he does. Yeah. Like he's an he's an automatic, you're trading a goal for a takeout. So then you have to hide him someplace so that he doesn't get taken out again or... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, he, he, as soon as he scores, he's gonna get killed. The best thing to me is he has a tackle double dodge on too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, because or even the tackle single dodge on one. Yeah, with damage, and that and that gives him the plus one kick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's definitely a lot of like functional things that you can do with him. Um, I don't think that he's. I just don't think that he's an auto include. But I could definitely see times where I'd rather use him than. A model like Gutter. Well, we know you're not big on you're not the the president of the fan club of Gutter, anyways. So <laughs> uh, that's correct. So Sherwin, what do you got to add about Lane? What are some things that you know you just you notice or you'd like to point out that maybe we're overlooking a little bit? Uh, I mean, I don't think it necessarily changes your uh, what you've been talking about there too much, but you do realize that it's not once per turn you get plus one kick, right? So you can get yeah. up much higher than four. You can keep damaging them and go higher and higher. Yep. He can almost be Corbelli. <laughs> right. Which isn't bad, yeah, the, considering you're talking about a captain versus a squaddy. Right. Yeah, so, the, and that's, I, I did think about that. I did notice that it wasn't once per turn. And I obviously like the idea of repeatedly damaging. But when you look at that, the reality is you maybe get to plus two. Because if you charge in and you do damage and then you get another attack and do damage, your fourth influence is used to kick. So at most, you're talking about a plus two. You get plus, you get plus three if you're right. I, I like, I like the, the, the mandatory charges part of that. You go down to a plus three, but well, that's the cool reason why it's No, the reason why, it's a, the reason why I say that it's like a mandatory charge part of it, and like the reason why I phrase it that way, like I get that mathematically, in theory, you could get three. But no one's gonna play him like that, right? Like he's so fragile that like hmm. you're going to have to ru- you're gonna have to charge in, and and you're gonna have to be away from everybody else to even use him. So like for you to even get to the point where you're able to to functionally use him, it's gonna have to be on a charge. And then he's not like Shank where he has like the two inch reach to where he can just kind of bounce around and keep doing damage, like. I would imagine you're gonna see a lot of situations where it's charge in. And then he has to get the hell out of there because somebody's going to counterattack or whatever it might be. And so I do kind of look at him as a plus one. Maybe if things go well, plus two. Mathematically, he could be a plus three, but it, I, I just doubt it that that will really take place. So um, good for anybody that's able to make that take place. Like, it, it would be cool. It would be fun. It would be a good story. But I don't think that's how it's going to work out. So you're looking at a, you're looking at a four to five 
kick, eight inch kick. Pretty good on a squatty though. Yeah. yeah, I think I think my favorite thing, and it's kind of I see it mostly in Lane Edge and Gaffer, is they're like so. I think they're really really built into the team. Maybe some with knuckles because Lane is a stabby striker. Like no other teams have stabby strikers like like Lane. You know, momentous damage. You know, Edge being the snare base, dodgy, all over the place in the woods kind of thing, and then Gaffer just being, I don't know, a mortician. Yeah, I, like, I really like. <laughs> I just like how I just like how they designed them into kind of really fit the teams. I think those are re- that's really cool. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a really creative way. Sure, when that you guys and and the development team, it was like, hey, butchers want to kill stuff. Why not? You know, score a goal while you're killing stuff. I mean, that's just that's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's always obviously one of the things that we we always try to do is not lose perspective of what the individual teams do right because you never want to find yourself in a situation where you have you know i'm playing blue team versus red team versus green team or whatever and everyone just has this very kind of messy kind of unidentifiable team that could just do anything that sucks right so we always have to kind of come back to that baseline and a big part i know of the early discussions with lane was this idea of well yeah he's supposed to be a potentially you know, really has the potential to be better than Shark, better than some of the best footballers in the game. How do we get him here? But feels like a really thematic way of doing it. And that's where you get bleed the cleats. It's an idea that, you know, if you want to keep stabbing, if you want to keep going over and over with Lane, then you can really build towards that and you can actually, you know, you can get your super striker. But if you just literally want a missile that's going to run and grab the ball, bounce off and score, you can do that too. So it kind of gives you the flexibility. One of the best things I've seen with bleed the cleats is it gives you a lot of flexibility between players... Yeah, you can really wait for to make your tackle, um, waiting for them to declare their counter-attack or whatever else if they've got the ball. Because Lane can just get you know little bits of damage or dodges or whatever else. He can do useful functional stuff and gener- generate momentum every time, but can choose exactly when to take that tackle. You don't have to kind of spike your dice, hit three or whatever, or hit two and go, ah, oh, yes, I've got my result, but if I fluff the next roll, I'm not going to get the tackle on two that I'm desperate to look for. Lane can just choose to take it, as long as you get any hits, which gives him quite a lot of flexibility. Yeah, that's every time you can, you can get a tackle on one, and you get a dodge, and you get one damage, and it's momentous. That's that's a win right there. Right, <laughs> that's that's kind of it. It's it's almost a triumph for the playbook, right? It doesn't matter how many hits Lane's getting; he's getting a lot of the stuff he wants to get, just on one or even two results. He doesn't necessarily need to get higher per results. That's why, for me, the charge. I, I totally appreciate what you're saying in terms of the actual speed of the player and kind of keeping him out of range. But you still kind of get an eight-inch move if you're nearby to Ox, which, bearing in mind, doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be either version of Ox, so you could have him with you know a different captain entirely as well. You don't necessarily have to have Ox, the captain, to tr- sort of trigger that ability, which kind of gives you quite a lot of flexibility in terms of how you want him to use. He can still go a fairly yeah. He still has a threat of nine inches before you actually start doing any dodges off of playbook stuff. Yeah, and I also like if you bring Vet Ox. That's actually interesting too because you could use Vedox to bring somebody closer to lane hmm. that he can then peel the ball off or he can help kill or whatever you want to do with him. But that would actually be a pretty cool synergy to have Vedox and lane kind of running either up the middle or down a flank to pressure the ball or, or even kill models. Yeah, plus that, that would be the super thematic way to build it. If you want to build the super thematic butcher team, you have to have lane, gutter, and, and veteran ox. That's kind of the core of what any team should be. Well, there you go. That's the auto three, and then you just got to fill in the rest. So, Chris, I yep. mean, I'm taking the, the silence from Chris says I'm not doing that. I was, gonna, I would say, <laughs> I'm not, do, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> but I, I, you're right. If I want to be in theme, that's what I'll do. Well, that's that's I mean, why you're on this this podcast, right? You're a big theme guy. I, I, I do like I do like themes. That's true. I will give you that. So, Chris, how, so, how excited are you to get Lane on the pitch and, and play your butchers with this new addition? Um, yeah, I, 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 I want to see him. Uh, I think that he'll be kind of a fun way to run, like, a scoring butcher team that mm. most people don't expect. Like, uh, I, I, I really like throwing out uh, – in the past, they've been kind of the girls, right? It's been filet and uh, brisket, and now he would fit in well with, like, a scoring butchers list that – can still do some stuff and so uh yeah i think uh filet uh brisket one or two depending on who you're playing and uh vet ox and lane like i think that you definitely have the makings for a team that can score and then you have the super solo in filet that can do some damage so you're saying filet is playable 
Well, I, let's put it this way. If I'm going to a tournament, right, and I'm taking Vet Boar, which I think everyone is, right, the, the other model, the other captain that you're going to take is going to be the one that's the most different than Boar. You're not going to take Boar and Ox. You're going to take Vet Boar, and then you're going to take uh, Filet. And so, so while I agree that the superior lineup is still Vet Boar, uh, you would take Filet, and if you're going to put together some weird scoring type thing, uh, Lane's a good addition to that. And going yeah. on the Vet Boar train, how does Lane fit into that, John? So if you're looking at Vet Boar... I mean, look at Lane with, like, a free charge and Berserk, right? Like, I mean, that that sounds pretty good for Lane. I mean, it sounds cool and all, but, I mean, just the way I play, it's not it's not part of my plan. Well, I, I, get, I get the way you're playing, but if you think about, like, just getting additional attacks, like, off of Berserk, I mean, you get the dodge and damage, and then you can also <laughs> tackle it. And then you can do Hold it again. On, so, so with the free attack and Berserk, you can make Lane a 9-8 kick? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, in, th- in theory. Oh man, but but there but there's a certain point where like, why even go up that high, right? Like, I mean, no, I think the question is can. why not go that high? <laughs> yeah, because it's fucking hilarious, Chris. <laughs> well, that and that's fine, and I appreciate that. I'm just from from the standpoint of just breaking down the card and like where you'd play it, right? Like, I mean, you do that when you've got a, a knockdown model that you can charge into and they can't do anything about it. You've already got the ball, and you haven't used Boar's Legendary, and you're, you need four points to win. Boom. Roasted. And, well, actually, more precisely, whilst... Uh, whilst well, I, six. I was gonna ju- I'm going to jump in for a little bit of this. I totally agree where you're coming from. Uh, I really understand. But you are talking about sensible things, and we have moved far beyond that now. <laughs> um, not, you know, not, not our motto of the podcast. Yeah, right. We could... Yeah, Literally imagine this, right? You you could get that nine eight kick that you've always roomed of, right? You've generated a whole bunch of momentum doing it, a whole bunch of damage as well, which is pretty cool, right? You've dodged however far you want to dodge. Then you can roll a fistful of ones and twos and rage quit the entire game. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would absolutely happen. <laughs> I, mean, I think I miscarried. I think if you already have the ball, it's an eleven eight kick with Furious. Yeah, Furious and Berserk. Yeah. It, it's just Six. it would be just amazing to no you to see. Wh- where are you getting eleven from free charge berserk free charge. that's two then you got three more attacks okay with and then berserk you have the one for the kick okay got yep. it well don't you have to spend an influence to buy the berserk oh uh, no. you do yeah you do yeah oh yeah right. that's right okay yeah so you're right so okay we're right at nine uh, we're capped cut it out <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man so. Chris, you weren't here for the other free cities, but is there anything you wanted to add about looking at the other draftees and who they are, what they now, do? Now, this may be a shocker, but kind of just paid attention to Lane when I got this uh, this this set of cards. So, uh, no, I don't have any hot takes on the other, on great, the other models. Great input. Right, I got a question, Sherwin. Other than Edge, because you designed Edge, and obviously you like Edge, and we like Edge, but what's your favorite outside of, outside of Edge of this group? I mean... You're kind of asking me to choose which one of my children is my favorite, uh, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. But, and, and all parents actually have one, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I've, I think I really like Nomad. Um, I think Nomad's really cool. Does really awesome stuff. Oh, no, wait, wrong ones. Uh, no, Lane is cool. I'm, I'm always going to pick Lane. Lane was a fairly massive part of our story. And he was a character who spent a lot of time trying to get a balance right in terms of how to portray him and how to convey quite a serious and potentially... Uh, quite sensitive subject to people and whilst I'm not necessarily sure you know I'm, I'm always hesitant to say we smashed it out of the park because I'm always I, I never want to be that guy but I think we handled it in a way that people appreciate and of all of the uh, three cities draft players in terms of where they ended up I was most happy with Lane because it feels really good to be able to build on that story of kind of this idea that um, we have Lane who kind of has that father figure who can take him in and help him basically rehab uh, which I think is really nice and really cool um, and I think for that reason alone, I'm going to go with Lane. Nice, I like it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought when I, I thought about you specifically, Sherwin. When I read all the stuff, and I was like, yeah, like the, he's put a lot into being thoughtful about this character and wants his character to have like kind of that intimate touch to it. Well, I tried to do that with all of them, but some of them just lend you a little bit more runway to sort of, you know, get running, if that makes sense. Like, if you look at Champ, who obviously isn't part of our five here, but 
she's kind of the girl who desperately wants to win right and she's that really driven type who can piss everybody off because she's just so focused and get a lot of bad press for that even though she means very well but at the same time it doesn't necessarily emotively connect the same way as a guy who's kind of you know you're willing to kind of you know make you know to turn his life around and kind of get going again um and so therefore i think yeah i think for that reason alone it kind of works but I mean, worst, I, the, the kind of the worst situation would be is that we had potentially with Lane, which I'm happy didn't work out that way, was if Lane had ended up in Morticians, I think he'd have a very, very different story. And um, I'd obviously, you know, I'll write whatever, but I'm, I'm happier that he ended up in Butchers. Are, the, are there any you're disappointed ended up where they are, fluff-wise, story-wise? I know you were writing the stories. Are there one you're like, oh, I want him to be in this guild because I got this, this story sounds good? Yeah, it's so interesting when we were doing the free stage draft. Loads of people were talking about um, this idea of, oh, this is obviously the butcher player, or this is obviously the, uh, I think that was Knuckles, or this is the obvious kind of Mason player, or whatever else. None of them were ever designed that way. We literally just took, like, you know, generic fantasy tropes and we tried to give them their own unique spin, but also make them identifiable enough with people that they could look at these players and kind of get a sense of what they would be in their heads. Because obviously, one thing that we didn't have was stats we need to be very obviously sensitive in terms of how we presented them for that exact reason which is why you can look at nomad for example and go okay so that's a rogue or you can look at kind of um you know knuckles and go okay so this is a beta and so on but not really none of them i i think i was i was just mostly for the entire time of the free cities draft kind of apart from being blown away by the support we had for it but also just really into the race of seeing where every other player goes um, I mean, even the Amber one, this is something that I don't think we've ever talked about. Even the farmers almost got caught up in the end. Um, in the end of the Free Cities draft, that's how much extra support the other teams got going into Steamcom because most of the farmer players kind of went, well, you know, we've already got our players, so we're going to help everybody else out. And they almost got caught up. I mean, obviously, we <laughs> saw what happened with the blacksmiths as a result. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I, remember, I remember I was big into hunters back then, and we were all about it. That was so boards, cool what the hunter players did. Right, and then we come out of nowhere at the end. Of course, I wanted Flea the whole time. I thought Flea was the fit, exactly what uh, we needed. I don't, I don't disagree. Um, Flea in Hunters as he is now would be horrific, literally horrific. Um, I don't know. I think Cena would. Ju- I think you put Cena on the table and Flea next to him, and the whole. Oh, sorry, next to her, and I think the whole world would just go. Okay, you win. I'm See. Done. See, all you people who argued with me on the on the Facebook page, screw you. We should have had Flea. <laughs> It wouldn't have made her the same way if the, she was there. You don't know that, talk Chris. About that thing. Let's just let's not talk about the truth here. That's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you say that about all the broken models that come out. Oh, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah they might. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I, I absolutely think broken models happen. I just don't think that would have happened. <laughs> not to the hunters, though. <laughs> there's a reason why there's a reason why the cards weren't released for people to compete for them before. We knew where they were going. Yeah. Although that would be a fun event if you just like said, these are the cards that are available. These are the characters. Here are their cards. Fight for who you want. And people would flip out because they'd be like, this is going to be broken here. I have to play more games and get in my votes so that this person can't go to this team. Hmm. So Flea sounds really good. And Nomad sounds good. <laughs> that's so, what we got. That's our <laughs> hints. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah. If you're spoil hunting, that's where you land on. Yeah. Yeah. Some of no. these models that aren't available yet. I was just wondering if we're going to see maybe figuring out where some of these new captains are landing, like maybe Veteran Greed, like maybe he's somewhere close by. Without pushing, are there any hints you want to give us? That's, I think that's the question. <laughs> well, Veteran, yeah, I can see I mean, veteran Greed, Greed just is kind of by himself. You know, Avarice left him high and dry, and he's riding a turtle somewhere, apparently. Well, why would you not? I mean, yeah, that's, that's a... <laughs> I'll tell you that the veteran greed model looked pretty cool. Um, that's about all you're going to get from me. But having have you seen the have you seen the fi- recently? It's very. I would nice. say, have you seen the physical model, Sherwin? Uh, not actually physically t- Not actually physically held the thing in front of me, but I've seen the 3D sculpt of it. It looks awesome. Oh, man, because um, I'm busting my union out tonight, and I'm just like, man, I can't wait to get my hands on this veteran greed. Mm. I wouldn't want to be the one trying to write a story of why there's a midget riding a uh, turtle. Actually, no, that's actually pretty easy. Come back to where we were talking about kind of the players that you know, I, I perhaps wasn't happy with them. Just sort of quickly circling back to that. I think, again, for the most part, I was excited to see where they all went, but Cutlass into Blacksmiths was a really weird one to kind of turn my head on to. How does that happen? How does that work? 
Um, yeah. Purely because I'd, I'd already kind of seen the way that Gaffer seemed to have such a groundswell of support from the blacksmiths. And whilst I did wait for, you know, obviously the results to happen before I really sort of set my head down and started writing them, I'd already kind of made some inroads in terms of notes and stuff for like, you know, how players might turn up and stuff, how players might turn up into their respective guilds and Gaffer into Blacksmith was a very good fit. Um, and then subsequently we just discovered, and that's not going to happen, okay. How the <laughs> hell does Cutlass work here? Were you at all relieved that that didn't happen so you didn't have our buddy, uh, our buddy Rick knocking on your door getting... Wanting him to be made after him. <laughs> the biggest problem. The biggest problem I had, to be honest, is, is, is whilst yes, that's true, but also at the same time, I had beard minis who's desperate to see Gaffer go to morticians. So I kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there. Like Gaffer has to go to one place, and there's a whole sea protecting me from Rick. Yeah. Like a whole ocean, um, and we're forgetting the fact that I'm going to Gen Con and you know anywhere else that, co- that takes me over to the states and you know therefore i'll be on the same constant probably need to be worried again that's cool uh, i i think obviously we left it up to the fans you guys chose not us right i'll land on that and I'll hopefully that'll keep me safe hopefully that'll keep me safe from rick i would say I, th- I think that the models that the blacksmith got with you know with the free cities draft i think that a lot of blacksmith players have been very happy with it so i mean obviously mm. they wanted gaffer but they got something really cool and unique out of it I, I think um, I think Culverin and Cutlass are amazing. Uh, having the few games I've used them, I've just had so much fun just blowing up the pitch. It's just awesome. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's anything bad about any of these players. I mean, crucially, here's the thing, right? The, the best part about the Free Cities draft is no one kind of got the crap model. No one got the model that isn't very good. Everyone gets a super cool model to fit into their team. Just it's what flavor of model you get. Like Brewers, uh, Brewers, for example, if they chose Knuckles, would get another Bruiser to go alongside Tapper and Hooper and you know, Decimate and all of the others. Instead, they got Flea, who's kind of a weird misfit to, is their number, which is kind of interesting. Butchers could have had, again, Knuckles. They could have had um, someone who's a bit more fighting-orientated, but instead they got Lane, so they get their striker. I think it's just interesting. One of the big things that sort of led us into what the Free Cities draft was, was, was I remember chatting to some Gilbert players, and they kind of just went on this little adventure telling me about all the stuff they would add into the guilds if they could do and and you know why it was that they should be allowed to sort of you know choose whatever teams they want it's like well sure let's give you that choice you know you keep telling us you know how to play the game yeah you know (laughs) you play your team you know exactly how you want to be you know exactly the type of players you want this is your chance we're going to give you all these different positions now go vote and tell us which one you want that's really what started the whole thing (laughs) nice and it's like it. we're gonna see we're gonna be like hey did did the group pick right or do we have a couple of Ryan Leafs on on the guild ball pitch now? <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's pretty much gonna be fairly happy with their choices. Um, I can't think of anybody. I mean, obviously, there's always gonna be someone whose their playstyle doesn't necessarily fit what they want to do. We've already talked about Lane, for example, and how you guys perhaps would not necessarily take him over Brisket. But then, flip side, you might necessarily have a player list and goes, well, why would I take him over Brisket? I'll take him as well as Brisket. And then have a real striking team. So, yep. all right. Well, any other thoughts or parting blows before we wrap this thing up, gentlemen? Anything you guys just want to randomly drop off at the end of the uh, podcast here? I don't no. know. I think I'm pretty good. It's Chris good to have happy. some good some gill ball news. I know, right? Well, you know, I know it. Just like the players, maybe the company just had to, you know, sit back, readjust some things, you know, clear their minds, and now we're ready to push on with some new and exciting stuff. Yeah. Well. If there's not anything new, guys, uh, just make sure that you guys check us out on Twitter. We got uh, Rage Quit Wire on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Facebook uh, page that Chris occasionally posts really weird things on that. <laughs> this, Dude, some of those memes I post are fucking hilarious. So if you Don't like even to, pretend. If you like to see some random memes and pictures and stuff, and, and just when we upload our episodes, check out the, uh, the Facebook page as well. But we li- yeah, just thanks for coming on, Sherwood. It's always fun to have you on talking about the fluff and some of these new models. Ah, thank you for having me. It's been uh, it's been awesome. I always enjoy recording you guys. Yeah, and we we got a lot of the hamsters out, and we got Chris finally on the uh, on the podcast. So <laughs> I mean, that couldn't have been better if you scripted it, and I'm not 100 percent sure you didn't. That's, but that's, that's not that's a hint out there. Right on uh, brand. So here's how you know we didn't script it. I'm not that accurate with my use of technology to where I could time it that well. 
It's just not not how I how I roll. <laughs> you kind of you kind of sound like you're doing the same thing as I do with my partner, where I tell her that I'm so bad at doing handiwork around the house and pretend to be useless <laughs> with tools and stuff. So she goes, "I oh, fine, I'll do it." You don't worry about that stuff. I'm like, okay, that's great. Off I go to make a cup of tea and play Nintendo. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds like you got a similar vibe going off there. Yeah, yeah. I, I really try to keep expectations low so that no one's disappointed. That's a long game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, folks, make sure that you roll some dice and throw some salt, and we'll see you all next time.